The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. What an incredible show we have coming up. If you've ever wanted to own a pot-bellied pig or a little micro pig, we have a warning cautionary tale for you uh, coming up with somebody who actually owns one or is maybe the, the pig owns them. Is, yeah, that's is, more is like it. What we should be saying there. That's on the way here. Also, Doc Halligan is going to be talking about vaccines. There's a lot of questions and controversy about what vaccines you need to give your animals and which vaccines you don't and how to tell whether or not you need to give them a vaccine. Also, Robert Semro on the show today with five things pet parents must do before they leave their pets behind on a vacation. Of course, that's nothing that will happen with me because I always take my pets on vacation. <laughs> and we're also giving away, you know those Roombas? Those clean the vacuum cleaners? Vacuum cleaners right. that are like robot yeah. vacuum cleaners, which are great if, if you're a pet owner, you got to have one of these. Oh, yeah. They now have a mop one that'll do the kitchen or tiled floors. Or hardwood floors. Yes, they wow. do. That's good. That uh, is awesome. So we're going to be giving away... That. Before the end of the show right here, so you want to stick around for that. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, we're all about pets and companion animals here. And, you know, mostly dogs, cats, birds, that kind of thing, reptiles. Uh-huh. We're going to tell you about a guy who has pet bees. Pet bees. That doesn't sound like a pet furry, cuddly bee. bet. Pet no. bees. But there are some lawsuits that going on, some shooting, serious shooting in his neighborhood. We'll tell you all about it coming up. I okay. hope he doesn't sleep with them. Joey Volani, the dog father, what are you working on today? We're going to talk about the myth or the not-so-mythical cutting of your cat's whiskers. Cutting? People actually cut their cat's whiskers? I cannot believe that. Yeah, some, sometimes they do. I mean, I've known groomers to do it, too, which really isn't the smartest really? thing Really? Hmm. Yeah. But, okay. Um, Today you're the cat father then. Cat man. The cat man. Nah, 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 the cat man. <laughs> First, let's hit the phones toll free at 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, let's go to Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Awesome. What's going on? Well, got a new puppy. Cool. Yeah, she's fun. Oh, yeah, lots of fun. Lot of <laughs> you don't sound so sure about that there. <laughs> but she's uh, just turned two months, and everything is basically, besides not just in her mouth, is constantly biting. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, almost like the terrible twos with kids. But mm-hmm. yeah. it's the morning when she wakes up, she's very loving, kisses. You know, no biting. Then after that, every chance she gets, she wants to bite your lips, bite your nose, and loves chewing on your fingers. Okay, okay, all righty. And so she's brand new, so you just got her, or have you had her for some time? Uh, We've had her for two weeks. Okay. All right. Well, let me first start off by talking about a little bit what we call bite inhibition. It's an important lesson that puppies learn, and they usually learn this from spending time with their mama dog as well as other siblings. And if we watch, you know, a puppy playing with other puppies of its age, you know, they're playing their rough house and they're doing their stuff, and then all of a sudden you hear, ah! 
right. and everyone stops and they all look around and go, well, who did that? Play stops. So I do prefer, if possible, to have puppies with their mama and their siblings till eight to ten weeks of age because they learn this lesson best from them. If we do get a puppy before then, we just have to realize that drive, we're going to have to deal with that a little bit more because mouthing and nipping is part of a dog's reality. It's how they explore their world. Um, so knowing that, the biggest thing isn't to label a dog a biter or a nipper. It's really how to look first at ourselves how we're responding or even triggering that kind of behavior and then redirecting the puppy into a more appropriate uh, way to channel that energy. So the first things I always like to say is when I hear someone whose dog is nibbling on their fingers is, you're not a chew toy. Stop that. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Um, we want to give an alternative. And if if gentle play starts to involve the human hand, that is not appropriate. So we need to know better to say, okay, that we're not going to allow this to happen. Let's give an alternate toy. Or if all of a sudden things just get really kind of riotous and crazy and the puppy's getting what I call alligator mouth, we stop it. And then we, we don't give them any attention. Because giving any attention, even a yelling or screaming or, hey, stop that, you've just made the game more fun. So um, you can kind of stand still, ignore the puppy, give it a few seconds, and then resume play. Or even some pups will get too worked up that you just kind of got to give them a puppy time out and just let them kind of get that energy out for a few minutes before you get them back out and play. Okay. But that's really a big thing. So you don't want to reward that. So, And that goes also with other naughty puppy behavior. So jumping up or barking, nipping, all of that, how we respond to that is really part of the equation. So withdraw your attention, leave the room, um, give them an alternative um, instead of that, that chewing opportun- opportunity. Okay. Um, but um, I, I also like to remember that, you know, we don't want to overly correct, you know, so you don't want to yell, make a big deal. I do like saying the word ouch because puppies get that. It sounds a lot like an, a bark w- that a, a fellow pup might do when they kind of push it over the line. Um, but really, the, the no, don't use negative correction. Don't slap them on, don't slap her on the nose. Don't hold the muzzle shut. That actually can be counterproductive. So we really don't want to go there. Okay. Um, yeah. And then with your play, just, you know, the human hand is not a toy, so give alternatives. Don't play roughhousing with your hand over her face and going, like all guys. Why do, why do all guys do that? <laughs> is that something, you know, that they teach you as a young adolescent sure, boy? Yes. Here's a puppy. Play with him. It's like, yeah. So this is where human training becomes very, very important. Um, and, and really, I am a fan of, you know, giving those alternative toys. So puppies, you know, until they get a lot of bite force, you can give them things like Kongs with little bits of treats in there, um, busy buddy toys or those little puzzle interactive toys that you can give them. Um, and then also remember, you know, we want to reward good, quiet, calm behavior. So find those opportunities and start working on your pup right now and um, things like the sit and quiet. And then you just, oh, give a treat, you know, when we've had those quiet moments and really look for those opportunities to show her what you do want her to do and not what you don't want her to do because they don't learn very well that way. Alrighty. And you know what? I have to say, I, I raised a, a Shih Tzu mixed puppy, and um, he's forever learned <laughs> to be known as um, our little <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much for your call, Mike. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat. We all love our cats. Maybe too much. People are telling me, how you love your cats too much. Just a little. Just a little bit. I say you can't love your cats too much. 
But I'll tell you what I don't love, and that's constantly buying cat litter. And I don't anymore, because I got the concentrated power of world's best cat litter with more performance out of less litter. You can find yours just about anywhere. I got mine at Target and Walmart. They even have it at your grocery and pet stores. Thanks so much, World's Best, for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. Let's uh, take another call for Dr. Debbie. How about that? Dr. Debbie, and we have Henry on the phone. Hi, Henry. Hi. I have a uh, kind of a geriatric old black cat. He's my favorite cat. getting kind of old there. And I noticed that he has a uh, patch on his rear side that doesn't seem to ever heal. And uh, it gets bigger and he bites at it all the time. I notice, though, that it kind of recovers, never fully, when I give him uh, his flea drops for the month. Hmm. Okay, so it gets better when he is treated for his flea tra- treatment. Yeah, the family actually thinks that it might be dust mites, but, you know, I, I wanted to get the official doctor. <laughs> yeah, it looks bad, but it, it gets better around the periphery. Okay. Well, well, definitely, you know, fleas actually are the number one um, allergenic um, material for cats. So when they have skin disease and they're chewing and scratching, approximately 80% of the time it's flea allergy disease. Um, so that's the number one thing. So if the flea treatment seems to be helping, yeah, that could be part of the thing. Now, whether or not it's mites or something microscopic, ah, you know, possibly. Um, in an, is this an indoor kitty or an outdoor kitty? Uh, well, it's an indoor and outdoor kitty. You know, he. we're trying to get him to, we, we have a big house, you know what I mean? We can't, he likes to run, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's supposed <laughs> to be inside, but, you know, he, he, he gets in and out, you know. Okay. Just because, you know, for an older cat that's indoors, um, mites aren't terribly common unless there's something else going on. So when they're immunosuppressed or some other disease process is going on, and then maybe we can have a mite problem. But, you know, actually, skin disease in older cats can even occur with health problems like diabetes and thyroid problems. So if this is a geriatric kitty, um, it might be well worth a trip to the vet to make sure we don't have something like that going on. Um, and then really focus on some of the the skin treatments that we might try beyond the flea treatment. And those might include um, certainly uh, types of hypoallergenic diets that we can try using. Um, And for some kitties, it's really a matter of making sure that um, all the ins and the outs are good, that we're on a good quality diet, we're doing regular grooming procedures, and then, you know, checking out things like even arthritis in older kitties. It's a subtle, silent problem that they don't often complain about. But I do see cats groom themselves excessively in the hindquarters areas when they are having pain down there. So it can be oh. one of those kind of things that you don't always know about. And cats aren't like dogs. You know, they, they don't often show like that limp, that gimp with arthritis. Um, and it really has to be detected by an x-ray to see if they've got spinal problems or hip problems. Um, but a little treatment with some glucosamine might be a tr- uh, trick to try as well to see if your kitty is having some of those aching joints that comes along with old age. Okay, thank you so much because that excessive licking uh, and and that that just that description how he's moving does sound mm-hmm. kind of like you know you hit key points even without being here. Well, good. Hey, reaching across those radio waves to help our listeners. Thank you so much, Henry, and give your kitty a good scratch on the head for us. Um, thank you for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're waiting here at one eight six one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. God, you're good. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, everybody. This is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say you 
right now. Want to take? Wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. <laughs> Brett Michaels. And... I just had one of my brain hemorrhage, brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead. do that! Say don't that do that! I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio. Brett Michaels, Animal Radio. You got it. I knew the Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And wow, what an incredible show if you just tuned in. In just a few minutes, we're going to be talking about a guy who's, well, actually talk to the guy who's uh, the guardian of a, I believe, a 600-pound pig. That yeah. he thought was going to be a pot-bellied micro pig. He snuck oh. it in the house and didn't tell his partner. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. Because yeah. uh, it was little at the time. Oh, well, of course. They all start <laughs> pretty little. Also, Doc Halligan with vaccines. You know, there's a lot of questions about what vaccines you need to give and what vaccines you don't need to give. And also about this thing called titer. We're going to have her explain that to us. Uh, Joey Volani is going to be here in just a few minutes, and I think he's going to be talking about cat whiskers and whether or not you can cut cat whiskers or groom cat whiskers. Trim them, yeah. I didn't realize this was even an issue anytime. Nope. But, uh, I didn't know that was a need, that people yeah. say, I want to go to the groomer to trim my cat whiskers. Just the strangest <laughs> thing, but uh, he'll, he'll give you the 411 on that. Uh, also, the people that make the Roomba, that little uh, robot vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. they're going to be giving away one that mops now. There's a brand Ooh. new one that mops the kitchen. Brava, Jeff. That is heavenly. That is. With our cats, we have lots of cats that are, they're messy eaters. So this is something really cool. And that'll happen before the end of the show. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom for this hour? Well, my story for you, not so happy, is we say goodbye to the very last of the surviving 9-11 search and rescue dogs. Oh, one of the animals that was responsible for looking for bodies, I assume. At the World Trade Center, yeah. Okay. The last one is gone. Okay, we'll find out more about that in just a few minutes and salute that dog. I believe, Dr. Debbie, you have some issues with your dog's teeth. What's going uh, on? You know, you have more issues with your dog's 
than anybody I know. You know, it, 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 being a veterinarian doesn't make you excluded from all those maladies that happen. And yeah, I actually, my little baby, well, she's two years old, but um, my Bouvier, we recently discovered she had a broken tooth. Oh. So yeah, and it was actually caused by, unknowingly, by me giving her a chew item. Ooh, what kind of chew item that should we stay away from? Um, well, anything hard has the potential to break teeth, and so I'm not a fan of bones. She doesn't really tolerate those kind of, you know, preserved rawhide, you know, all those other kind of pizzles and things you can give dogs. Um, her tummy just doesn't like it. So I gave her um, kind of the Nyla Bone style flavored um, plastic chews, and she loves them. It's like popcorn. We watch TV and she chews on them. But it led to a cracked tooth. And um, Good thing you're a doctor. I bet you fixed that up right away, huh? Well, kind of, sort of. I recognized it, but um, with this particular tooth, it was very likely going to need either a root canal or some kind of special uh, restorative um, things. And that, that actually falls into the hands of a veterinary dentist. So, yeah, we took her to a veterinary dentist. Unfortunately, she did not need a root canal, but we did get a crown, and she's uh, sporting um, a nice shiny grill. <laughs> now, are there dentists, are there uh, uh, veterinarians that specialize in dentistry? Yes, yes. So, uh, you know, normal veterinary practitioners like myself, we do dental cleanings, we do surgical extractions, you know, some will do some degrees of, you know, root canals and such. But this was a particular tooth that is one of the major teeth in the mouth. And when if we lose it, especially at a young age, it alters their bite and their ability to chew normally on that side. So we wanted to do whatever we could to make sure she got to keep it. And at the rate it was going, it was going to have further damage and end up needing to be pulled down the road. So... Mm. Um, turned out great. You know, I, you know, have to share my uh, knowledge. You know, a lot of people love giving, you know, just about anything that's hard enough that if you whack your knee with it and it hurts you, it's going to be a possible uh, cause of breaking your dog's teeth. So, you know, you know, bones, ice, Nyla bones, all of those type of products have that potential because, you know, you're going to have a bruised knee in the end <laughs> if yeah. you're doing the little, little test there. But, now, uh, often dogs don't, uh, they don't cry. They don't say, hey, my tooth is broken. No. Did you know that no. something was wrong? Not at all. And, and with her fracture, it's fortunately only in the outer enamel. So there's really not the depth that she had it fractured. It wasn't really hurting her yet. It was going to eventually get to that point where it does. But dogs, you're correct, right? Dogs and cats don't complain with dental pain. Um, they can have an exposed nerve, and that basically communicates right to their blood system, and they'll never say anything about it. So, you know, sometimes pet owners may notice some things, so I usually tell people to watch for things like um, tartar buildup on one side of the mouth can be heavier than mm. on the opposite side, and that can mean that the tooth, uh, a tooth on the, the heavier side, is actually has some kind of disease. Maybe mm. it's broken, infected, what have you, but yeah, they, they really don't complain, but we do know that dogs and cats, when we take out a tooth that's fractured or diseased, a lot of times right afterwards, they'll feel better, and, and they start acting like more normal. Um, so can't say that happened to Nikki, because she's you know feeling like a wild woman all the time, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but for a lot of pets, it really does make a difference after their tooth is uh, dealt with. Okay. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, she can answer your questions about your pet, uh, whatever kind of pet it is, even if it's a 600-pound pig. She can answer Hot questions belly. about that. Uh, Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 right now. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. 
Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. People do some pretty goofy things when they drink. Three Lithuanian students thought climbing into a giraffe's cage at a local zoo seemed like a good idea after a few drinks, but the giraffe did not appreciate the prank. The 1.3-ton giraffe named Salute flew into a rage and attacked the three student trespassers. All were bruised and battered. 22-year-old Ruta Grayshoot was hospitalized with a broken collarbone and nose. A spokesperson from the Kiwanis Zoo warned that it was a very silly prank and that the scared giraffe could have stomped her to death. So remember, never drink and drive or jump in a giraffe's cage. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Everybody has a different idea of what the perfect companion animal is for them. There are dogs and cats, of course, fish, birds, reptiles, spiders, and more, even bees. Yes, bees. There's a guy in Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas, who is now being sued by his next-door neighbor, who wants him to get rid of his pet bees. Now, to be specific, five hives of what he says are his pet bees. The neighbors who have filed a complaint to have the bees removed say they have three children and they can't even enjoy their pool in their backyard because of these bees next door. The state has done an inspection because there's been so many complaints over the past year and a half between these two. They say the bees are not aggressive, they're not killer bees, But the couple next door says they have stung their children before. Now, to be fair, though, the man who owns the bees says they are friendly. They've never stung anyone before. No one can prove that those are my bees. So, I mean, really, could I mean, I don't know. So he describes his bees as gentle, says he raises them as a hobby that he enjoys, and they're not looking to hurt anyone. Hmm. I'll tell you how that comes out. Yeah. A tortoise whose shell was badly burned in a forest fire down in Brazil has now been fitted with the first ever totally prosthetic tortoise shell. She was found with 85% of her shell damaged because of this fire when an animal rescue group called Animal Avengers decided to see if they could print her a new shell. Yes. Print. Using 40 photos of healthy tortoises for reference, they got it all together, made this big project, and created a 3D model, and then entered those specs into a computer, which allowed them to print four separate 3D pieces, kind of like a puzzle, that all fit together and fit around the burned tortoise. Wow. And then an artist provided the incredible final touch, which is a very 
realistic looking paint job. In fact, it is so real. You wouldn't even know that this shell is not the one that the tortoise was born with. It's just an amazing job. That is so cool. Isn't that cool? The 3D printers, what they can do these days. Not a lot of people know know this. I was born without a head, a lot of adversity during my youth. (laughs) And I actually have a 3D printed head now, which which is, you know, people look at me now better. They don't. Never mind. I don't know about that, Hal. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with this. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, New York State may soon be allowing pet owners to spend eternity with their pets. There's, you know, it's been talk about this, but the state legislature there has passed a bill allowing cemeteries to offer people the option of being buried with the cremated remains of a dog, a cat, or other tame domesticated animal, but cemeteries will not have to require it. Last year, New York lawmakers passed a law also allowing dogs on restaurant patios and are now considering a statewide ban on decline cats. Well, last week... Let me tell you first, get a get a tissue here. Oh, no. Two dozen firefighters and search and rescue volunteers in Cypress, Texas, stood in rows outside the entrance to the Fairfield Animal Hospital as Brittany was walked into the hospital on her last day of life. They were all there to pay tribute to the final walk of the 16-year-old golden retriever who is believed to be the last surviving search-and-rescue dog that took part in the 9-11 recovery effort at the World Trade Center back in 2001. That, though, was her very first deployment at only one year old. Well, after Brittany went on to work with many other disasters and happenings, including big hurricanes, Katrina, Rita, and Ivan, she did retire when she was nine, and then she became a service dog in a local elementary school, giving her first graders and special needs students a furry face to read out loud to. Her owner, though, said she knew it was time that she had to let Brittany go when she didn't eat for three days and became very anxious. The firefighters, by the way, not only were there to bid Brittany a hero's farewell, but also accompanied the flag-draped remains to Texas A&M, where Brittany will be undergoing an autopsy as part of a study on 9-11 search and rescue dogs. Mm, I salute Brittany. Yeah. That just makes me tear. Wow. I think it's hard saying goodbye to a dog, but when, you know, the nation has been following Brittany for the last year or so because, you know, she was the last dog alive, Mm -hmm. and now she's gone. Mm. Farewell, Brittany. Yes, she will always be remembered. In fact, there is a book about her now. And did you know Bark Post gave her a dream night for a dog, and they put her up in a hotel overlooking Central Park, uh, <laughs> gave her birthday burgers and ice cream. She got to eat everything. She, I mean, it was just, it was a really great thing and, awesome. a, and a wonderful salute to her. Oh, that's yeah. great. God, I'd like that for my birthday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Give more breaking animal news anytime at Animal radio.com This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at animalradio.com. I'll be real honest, I knew nothing about grooming until this guy walked into the studio. In fact, I didn't even know. And I'm talking about myself, not my animals. <laughs> of course I He taught me how to groom myself and I look pretty sharp. The ladies dig me now. Thanks to Joey Volani. The dog father. Thank you. 
I appreciate it. I bow to you. So listen, um, somebody asked me a question that a lot of people really don't know the answer to, and that's um, their groomer was grooming their cat and cut the whiskers on the cat. So by a lot accident? So people want to know. Or on purpose? No, um, you know what? I hope it was by accident, but you, but you never know. I mean, there's a lot of, there, there could be a lot of variables why um, it was done. I mean, if the, if the cat was completely matted, sometimes they, they get, uh, you know, I'm not making any, any excuses. No, there's really. You, you don't want to trim. You don't want to trim. It's a, it's senses for a cat. It's like taking away our sense of touch, okay, where we can probably live without it, but it's going to make things difficult. Now, cats use their own whiskers not only to measure spaces, but pick some vibrations. It can actually pick up vibrations of prey running. Ooh. I mean, the whiskers are set deep into the cat's muscular um, structure. So they, they go in much deeper than regular hair. So it picks up senses, vibrations, even change in the atmosphere. Now, whiskers are actually as big as the cat, I'm to understand. Or they, yeah, they grow as wide as, as the as, body or something body. that's supposed to help them and, when they go into a crevice into a place that if they can, if their whiskers will fit, then their body will fit. Correct. And you know what? And don't forget they're nocturnal creatures. Um, oh, I don't forget they, that. <laughs> okay. Every morning at four o'clock, I don't forget that. <laughs> so, I mean, if they are in a tight area or they need to pick something up that um, the visually they can't see for whatever reason, um, you know, the whiskers are actually going to sense that and pick it up. Now, can um, I braid you know. them? Is it okay to braid them? Um, you know what? That's a question that I've never been asked before, so I don't know. So try braiding them. We'll do an experiment there. How's that? Okay, don't mess with your cat's whiskers is what Joey's trying to say. And if, if you mess with him, he's going to come over to your house. And again, I don't know what he's going to do, but he'll do something uh, horrible. Hello, Animal Radiance. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five things pet parents must do before they leave their pets behind on vacation. School's out, and for many, that means family vacations and other getaways. And these days, while you can find more places that will welcome your pets, for many, it's still not practical, and they must make the decision to leave their pets safely behind at home. But before you do that, here are five critical reminders of things you must do before you leave. To begin with, are you going to have your pet boarded at a daycare facility, house sat by someone who will stay at the house, rely on a family member, or use a pet sitter or caretaker that will visit them throughout the day? This can be an agonizing decision. In the end, you know your pet, so it's important that you figure out where the best environment for them will be. They are already going to be anxious since you've disappeared from their world for an extended period of time. And some pets need constant companionship and the presence of an on-demand caretaker, while others are fine as long as someone comes and gives them water, food, and a belly rub or two. Next, what kinds of credentials and services does the caretaker or facility offer? To begin with, do they know pet first aid, and do they have a pet first aid kit with them or at their facility? And what will my pet be doing all day? Many offer a variety of activities and services, from swimming to hiking to massages and much more. And I'm certain my dog Zoe wouldn't mind my family taking more trips, as the caretaker we use gives her playtime, belly rubs, walks, and then a massage and stretching, plus food, water treats, bathroom breaks, and much more. Zoe is well taken care of. Well, once you've decided the where and who, you must give them as much information about your pet as possible. Here are several things you must share with them. Health status, favorite toys, medications, habits, issues or concerns that can affect your pet, as well as where they like to eat and sleep. 
Next, answer the what-ifs with your pet giver so they can react and provide comfort when needed. Give them the contact information for your veterinarian, and if you have pet insurance, make sure they have a copy of the card. Next, call the veterinarian and let them know you're going on a trip and that the caregiver is authorized to get care for your pet. And if you don't have pet insurance, is there a mount that you want them to consult with you first before receiving care? If so, establish that ahead of time. Don't hold back. You're your pet's voice and guardian. Finally, keep in mind that many places welcome pets as traveling guests these days. There may even be special perks or activities offered for them. Summer's a great time to travel with the family and in some cases your pets. Take the time to plan for the care of your pets in the same way you plan for your trip and your pets will benefit. Share your pet sitter and caretaking tips on our Animal Radio Facebook page. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. What a great intro. Taking care of business. Originally done by Bachman Turner Overdrive, they owned lots of cats, lots of dogs. In fact, they may have been considered hoarders in some circles. But, of course, they were able to take care of their animals. No, I don't know if that's a fact. I'm making it all up right there. Oh, and I never make anything up. Hey, it's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. I wanted to tell you that if you have one of these dogs, the Yorkshire Terriers, the Shih Tzus, the Pugs, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books. How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And when I say books, I mean Kindle books. They're over at Amazon, and we have links uh, right from AnimalRadio.com. Hopefully we'll see more breeds coming out soon. Are you even working on other breeds? There's, there's, it's not necessarily other breeds. It's yeah. just uh, pet topics. Pet topics. So. Oh. Yes. So you're going to have a more generic one on the way, huh? That's my goal. Yeah, that would be my uh, my plan. It's just There's so many different directions to go with. So. You're so talented. Let's take some calls for you right now. In fact, let's go to Randy. Hey, Randy, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing good. Where are you good. calling from? Well, I am uh, going eastbound on Interstate 80 through Nebraska. Wow. OTR? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Please don't call me, sir. That's my dad. <laughs> I have I have Dr. Debbie right here. She can help you. What's going on with your animal? Hi, Dr. Debbie. What you got going on there? Well, I was just wondering, you know, uh, I have a little corgi, a, a cardigan corgi. And uh, we go to some pretty strange areas. Uh, we go off out in the boonies all the time, and I'm constantly worried about, you know, scorpions and snakes and stuff like that. What kind of first aid should I have going? What kind of a, you know, if she was to get hit by a, a snake, mm-hmm. what should I do? Good question. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think every pet owner, especially if you travel, should have some form of a basic um, first aid kit. And that is going to be mimicking very much what you would have in your human first aid kit, but with some additions. And, and the things that I want to always make sure in a pet first aid kit we have um, are um, 
not just things like nail trimmers, but also the styptic solution because broken toenails come up all the time. Uh, I see it at animal events that I go to attend, um, tweezers to pull things out. When we're talking about things like rattlesnakes, the, the, truly the best thing, the best first aid tip with a rattlesnake bite is your car keys. That is the best thing that you can provide for your pet is to get them in the vehicle and get them to a veterinarian right away. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that you can do in the field that's going to increase their survival better than seeing a veterinarian as fast as you can. That being said, all those kind of things out there that people tell you to do for rattlesnake bites, you know, we don't want to do most of those things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, all those things that you hear about cutting it, sucking the venom out, um, you know, putting a tourniquet on it, putting ice on it, all of those are completely wrong. Um, they will actually increase the rate of the venom um, affecting the animal. Ooh. So what you want to do is keep the pet calm. You want to keep the bite area, whatever part of the body has been bitten, keep it below the heart level. That slows the rate that the venom reaches uh, the rest of the pet. Um, and maybe within that first aid kit, you can have some Benadryl. It, it won't hurt in the event of a, a snake bite, but it's certainly not going to be the cure-all that's going to really save them. Uh, prompt veterinary attention is really the best thing for any of these snake bites, and which can be trouble. You know, if you're traveling, I don't know if you're out in some of these remote areas, um, but but uh, that's unfortunately is a, maybe a good directory to veterinarians in the areas that you are traveling through for emergency centers would also be a good thing to have some points along the road that you know you can contact day or night um, a veterinary service. Oh, okay. So uh, keep keep the, uh, the the bite below their heart and uh, just as fast as you can go get get someplace. I knew I knew that cutting it all that stuff was. Uh, uh, bogus, but I thought perhaps a tourniquet, but I don't know, you know, you, you can open yeah. a tourniquet. They don't even recommend tourniquets on people hardly anymore. Exactly, and what the problem is with the tourniquet is that, you know, it, while it may keep that venom in that area, it actually can enhance the tissue effects of the venom in that particular area, so it can make it much worse. Um, so that's really why we don't want to do that. And, you know, there is a you know rattlesnake vaccine out there um, for pets that are maybe in higher uh, risk uh, lifestyles and areas. It's, you know, the, it's still out there a little bit in the veterinary community whether or not it truly helps um, the survival after a snake bite um, because we do occasionally see pets that have had the rattlesnake vaccine that still don't always make it from a rattlesnake bite. So um, it, it's definitely not 100%, um, but that might be even one thing to consider if, uh, you know, if your doggie is in those kind of high-risk areas and you want to do what you can to try to try to help them out. Is there a, uh, uh, some sort of a timetable that you could give me, you know, I mean? Like how fast to get to the vet? How fast to get Yesterday. as fast as you as fast as you can? We know that use of the anti-venin um, that we use to help counter the reaction to snake bites that ideally ought to be um, administered within four hours. But truly, within the first thirty minutes to an hour is really we're talking get to the vet as quickly as you can. Um, so we don't really want to even put a timeline on it. It is that imperative to speed counts. <laughs> but don't tell the trooper I said that. <laughs> Thanks, Randy, for your call. Good question. We don't uh, we don't often hear people preparing or being preventative in their care for their animals. They usually call when something's already happened, and so it's good to know ahead of time if your animal gets bit by a snake. Now you're out there in the desert, 
So you probably have all these scorpions and snakes and all that stuff. You probably see that a lot at your practice in Las Vegas. Yeah, we sure do. Um, scorpions. Gosh, I just killed one the other day in our house. Well, I didn't. You know, someone, oh, my husband did. But husband. It, it, it was big, ugly, and very scary looking. You know, if you get those things moving with their tail gets going rattling back and forth, it's it's pretty frightening. It makes my hair go up on my, my body. <laughs> this healthy serving of Animal Radio was brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Check them out at redbarninc.com. And thank you so much for underwriting Animal Radio. To all you parents sending your kids off to college, do us a favor. Invest in some good bedding. The company store has things like mattress toppers that make any bed feel like a spa. And remember, this is about protecting your investment in your flesh and blood. College is expensive, and we need sleep to learn, and sleep is hard to come by here. But hey, it's your call. TheCompanyStore.com has been perfecting a good night's sleep for over 100 years. Visit TheCompanyStore.com to see our full line of college bedding and more. Enter the code CAMPUS and get 15% off your order plus free shipping. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, you called, you said, hey, you talk too fast. You've rattled off the number too fast. I'm talking fast because we got a lot on the show today, and I'd rather get your calls on the air. It's much more important that you call 1-866-405-8405 if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani right now. Uh, this hour, we're going to find out about Esther the Wonder Pig. And this is a pig that uh, was supposed to be one of those micro pigs, those uh, pot-bellied pigs that max out at like 200 pounds. Let me say that she's three times that size right now. <laughs> and a wonderful story behind it all. We'll tell you about it in just a few minutes. In fact, we're going to have the guardian, uh, Esther's guardian, on the phone with us. And also this hour, we're going to give away from the people that make the Roomba, uh, sort of a Roomba, but it's a... It's called the, what, the Bravo or something? The Brava Jet. Uh, yeah. We're going to be giving away one of these Brava Jet mopping robots that will mop your kitchen floor or your tiles all around. We've actually sampled one of these, and they're pretty amazing little... Uh, that's cool. We yeah. should name ours. Cause it, it's, Why don't they call it a Moopa? Uh, ooh, that's good. Moopa. Let's suggest <laughs> I mean, that. if it's more like a mop, Moopa. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, I'm going to suggest that. Thank you very much for that idea. All my great ideas come from Dr. Debbie, of course. <laughs> and if you and all the bad ones. Thank you, Hal. <laughs> You're in trouble. Uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? For many, many years, they have used a certain type of a bird of prey, big raptor, to do hunting and things over in Asia. Yes. And it's been on the decline lately, but now they're bringing it back, and these. Big birds like eagles are being trained to hunt something that flies, huh. like a tech flying thing. Ooh, I know a tech flying thing. Gee, what what could a tech flying thing be? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's on the way in just a couple it of minutes. It could be a tennis ball with a motor or something in it. Sure, has. it could be. Absolutely. There are baseballs with speed clocks in them. Okay, I can't wait. Listen, uh, Lori, we'll have all that in just a couple of minutes. First, we're going to go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Judy. Hi, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How can we help you? I got the great Dr. Debbie right here. Oh, good. I have a quick, I have a two-year-old English bulldog, and she has a red mange, and I've been treating her with the Promaris. It's a chicken flea medicine. Okay. And um, 
I was wondering if there's any more, any other, like a natural way without medication for treating her for this. Um, well, there's definitely the most natural thing for a red mange is actually to do nothing. <laughs> and that sounds horrible. She, red mange. But then she gets all red and then her hair falls off. Okay, so obviously that's not a good solution for you. And I, and I say that's partly jokingly, but red mange, which is actually demodex mites, um, in many cases is, uh, will go away on its own. So in about 30 to 50% of cases, it'll go away on its own. If it doesn't, we really have to address other underlying causes. And it's basically a type of mite that can be passed with heredity. Um, and it also is affected, yeah, exactly, from her mama. And it's also influenced very much by the pet's own immune system and their own ability to clear that. So for pets that have more generalized problem or more chronic problems, we really have to look at focusing on all those other ways that we can improve their overall immune status. So for female dogs, if she's not already spayed, she needs to be spayed because the hormones no, of you did that already. Super. Yes, I did that a long time ago. Great. Good. Now, for some pets, if we're not getting good control with something like Promeris, not everyone has super results with that. And in many cases, we'll use that every two weeks to every month to help treat the demodectic mange. And if that doesn't do it on its own, don't feel bad. In many cases, we'll have to add in other things. Now, in your question to natural remedies, probably not anything simple that's going to treat the mange by itself, but more to kind of support her immune status. So I would really look at other things, whether we need to use something like ivermectin along with the Promeris. Um, for some pets, um, we can try a medication interceptor, which is a different flea tick medicine, um, and that might be so, of some use. But we also want to look at this immune support. And so sometimes things like probiotics, which can help support the immune health of the gut, that can be very important. And then also making sure we're looking for other disease processes in the body. Uh, we test for thyroid disease. We test the blood for other issues that might be present and then treat those because that will have an effect of improving the immune support of the body and then thereby helping the red mange. So it's kind of kind of more of a cascading effect of all these other things that can influence the pet um, with the red mange. And uh, the other thing is that many, many times with um, a lot of different types of mange, they have bacterial infections in the skin. So we have to get them on courses of that to treat the secondary okay. effects of all that. Has has that kind of been your, your battle cry of what's been going on here? Well, well, well my thing is, she I give her the Promeris, and I only give it to her probably, uh, probably every three to four months. Okay. Every three to four months is definitely not frequent enough to effectively treat the mite. So if that's the purpose, is to treat the mite, you're, you're not getting anywhere close to that. You're treating more for fleas and ticks with that. Well, what so. I noticed is when I give it to her, she it's when she barely starts to, to turn the pink, where I could barely start seeing it. So then mm -hmm. as soon as I give it to her, she's fine for another three to four months. So it's like I yeah. can it coming on, but I didn't want to give it to her so much because, I mean, it's just, it smells horrible, and I didn't know yeah. if it could cause any damage to her also. Yeah, and, and definitely I understand all of those concerns, and, and we don't like to use products if we don't have to, but yeah. if you're only using a, a partially what it's 
just prescribed for, then we're only doing her part of the good. And this is unusual. We see this with ear infections and skin conditions in dogs, that if you only do things for a short period of time and don't follow it through as prescribed, you're going to have relapses of of, uh, uh, problems. And that, I think, is what you're probably dealing with here. So before I'd say you're having a failure of Primaris not controlling this, I'd say we want to make sure you're you're being diligent on following those um, instructions by your veterinarian. And then perhaps doing these other things, looking at other underlying immune problems, and then uh-huh. maybe adding in a, a secondary medication, such as oral ivermectin, which we can use um, along with that. So um, okay. you might just need to step up the game. And, you know, I, I understand you want a natural remedy, but if we're not yeah. getting where we need to, I, I think you really got to take the bull by the horns and, and, and get control of this. So. Okay. Well, hers isn't really hers doesn't hers doesn't really get very very severe. That's why I try to keep it under control as, as soon as I see it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was just wondering, you know, because I don't let it get to the point where it gets that bad. Yeah, I understand. And you know, it's okay. kind of your choice. You know, you can go through these cycles of ups and downs, and 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 that's mm-hmm. you know, it in many cases it may clear with time, but uh, if okay. it's not doing that, you really got to step to up to the treatment regimen and really tackle this appropriately. That's all I can say. Okay. And, and okay. is this like a permanent that she would have to be on all the time? Well, not typically. Um, there are some dogs that can have some chronic demodex problems, but I'd say they're more a function of us as the humans in not treating it effectively for a long enough duration. So that would be the t- number one uh, reason why I would have a chronic demodex. There are pets that we have chronic problems with, but I always look back at the human end of things and blame us first. Either you know we don't have the right treatment regimen or we're not staying faithful to what we're supposed to be doing. So um, look inside yourself. one 405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. Well, hello, Sammy. Hi, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Where are you? Severna Park, Maryland. I love Maryland. Maryland is just a beautiful place. Just a beautiful place. I've got Dr. Debbie right here. She can help you with uh, whatever ills your pet. Okay. What can we do for you today? Well, I have three cats, and I applied Frontline to each one about a week ago. And okay. the fleas are worse. Now, I had the Frontline around for a while because I haven't had to use it in about three years. Didn't have any problems with fleas. And my question is, there's no expiration date that I can find. Does it go bad, and can I reapply it? And, you know, there is no expiration date on Frontline, and that is a truth. So as far as as long as the package was intact, I wouldn't have necessarily a problem in using that. Now, a lot of times after we apply Frontline or even some of the other types of flea control products, we can see some actual exaggerated activity of fleas. And uh, that's generally more af- right after we apply it. It kind of affects their uh, neurologic systems. So they can become really hyperactive and just kind of looking wacky. So a lot of people see a lot of flea activity shortly after we treat with Frontline or, or comparable products. Um, now, if we have just, we're seeing a lot more fleas in general, then we might need to take some other approaches to um, not just relying on one single product and using more of a kind of a integrated approach to to fleas. So is, is it more that you're seeing a lot of these in number or just they're moving a lot? Well, before I applied it, I used the flea comb on each cat and I found some flea dirt and a flea or two. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I applied it about a week ago and now there is a ton of flea dirt. One of my cats is starting to lose hair. 
And you wanted to know if you could reapply, too, right? Yeah, exactly, oh, yeah. because the package says do not reapply for 30 days. Yeah, and that would be accurate. I would not want to reapply that. Now, something we might want to try is add in an oral flea component. And there's some different ones out there. There's one called Program. There's one called Comfortus. And that one, um, actually, a lot of folks report some very quick kill times after that. So that might be something else to add in. And is there some kind of link that... The fleas are more popular right now, and you're seeing more of them. Eh, you, you might just be having some ebb and flow of different flea populations going on right now. So I would just make sure that we tackle this with another route. And flea combs are great to remove those individual fleas, but you'll go nuts if you've got a ton trying to remove each and every one of them. But it certainly can be helpful in just removing some of those adults from the hair coat. Check with your veterinarian about what kind of oral flea products they have available because every area might be a little different in some of their favorites. And, and I have vet friends in Indiana that will say, oh, gosh, you know, we don't use that product out here. We like a different one. And, you know, what works is great. And, and I won't kind of sneeze at that because everyone has their own favorites in their particular area. But I would definitely look into the oral ones. Mm. You know, Sammy, you said that uh, you haven't had trouble for the last few years and all of a sudden this year. It does seem like this year has been a big flea year across the country. You know, and it's funny you Western. say that, Hal. We have, and, and actually in the veterinary community, it is widely reported that because of all the moisture in a lot of areas, we have uh, not just fleas, but ticks and other type of critters, you know, a lot of mosquitoes and risks with heartworm disease. So it is on the rise, definitely. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Geico applauds your inner journey seeker. Geico gives a hearty pat on the back to the part of you that just wants to get out and ride your motorcycle, to take to the open road, and let the wind and bugs fly your way. In fact, bring on the bugs. They can't stop your quest for highway enlightenment. Geico insures not only your car, but also that fine-looking bike of yours, with a custom-tailored policy and the best rates for you. So next time you suit up for adventure, make sure to take Geico along for the ride. Geico Motorcycle. See how much you could save. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. If you've ever thought about getting a pig as a pet, they are becoming more popular as well as chickens and other very bizarre animals. We have a cautionary tale on the way with a pig guardian. It's a, it's a very funny story. You'll want to stick around for that. Lori, what are you working on? Well, Ebola is something that we haven't really, you know, has not been the hot topic lately like it was last year, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. But the list has grown of animals that can carry Ebola. At first, they thought it was just three different kinds of fruit bats, but not anymore. More cautionary tales just around the corner. We welcome from iRobot, the senior product manager, Melissa O'Day. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi. Great, Hal. How are you? Splendid. Now, i got to tell you what a genius you guys are over the iRobot. You know, I've always loved the Roomba, which is the vacuum that goes around. It's a, it's like a robot vacuum that cleans the entire carpet if you're yeah. too damn lazy like me. And I love that. But now you guys have invented a mop that uh, automatically mops our kitchen and any tile floor. And uh, we've had a chance to try it out over the weekend. And oh, it, what do you mean you had a chance to try it out? We were mesmerized for about an hour watching this thing. You know, I know it's it's the kind of thing <laughs> that you're, spo- you're supposed to set it up and just let it go. But we, we actually watched the whole <laughs> kitchen get done. 
And this is great for us because we have a lot of cats here, a lot of studio cats, and they're mm-hmm. messy eaters. So this is something that's uh, near and dear to my heart. And I mentioned this at the starting of the show that we're going to be giving away one, and the phones have been ringing nonstop since. They have to wait. It's brand new, right? It just came out, right? That's correct. Yeah, we just launched the product in March, so it's been on the market for less than three months. And it is a wet mop. It actually has three options. You can do a wet mop and then a, a semi-wet mop and then a, a total dry mop. Is that correct? That is, yeah. So the product, um, we advertise it as a mopping robot. That's what our customers are really telling us they love it for. Um, but depending on your floor surface, uh, you can put it into a damp mop with a little bit less water if you have a more sensitive floor surface. Um, or it can be used as a, as a sweeping robot with, uh, with our dry mode. So it goes around, and I'll explain what I saw at least. It goes around, it spritzes a little water right out the front, and then there's a kind of a scrubby little uh, moppy thing, that, and it it does a double pass or a triple pass depending on the mode. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. And um, so we have the the precision jet spray that comes out when you're in the wet or damp mode, and then the the cleaning head where that pad is vibrates while the robot is driving along the floor uh, to give you a little extra scrubbing, and it, it just picks up all kinds of dust and hair and um, if there are any stains on the floor. I know at my house, my cat is a total slob. Um, <laughs> and sometimes, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, he doesn't always use his litter box. Nope. Um, Misses. So, uh, yeah, this robot is amazing at my house. I love it. <laughs> it's cute. And the cats sat there and watched it, too. And, of course, you've seen all the videos with the Roomba on uh, on YouTube uh-huh. with the cats actually riding the Roomba <laughs> around. This is a little smaller than a Roomba. It's about the size of, uh, what would you say? Maybe the size of a small dinner plate. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. A little too small for the uh, cats to ride, I would say. Maybe but kittens. Maybe maybe a kitten. Yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah. call it the Brava Jet mopping robot, right? That's correct. Yeah. And where can we get it? Um, the Brava Jet is sold in North America exclusively for right now, but it's going to be rolling out globally. Um, rolling out, see that the rest <laughs> of the year. Um, but you can buy it online on our website. You can buy it on Amazon, um, and then a number of retailers too. Um, so like Bed Bath and Beyond, Target, Lowe's. It's in a lot of stores. And it's really not that expensive either. No, it's very affordable. Yeah, so it's it's just one ninety nine. Um, which yeah, like you said, it's very affordable. Um, and the fact that you can use it in any of those three modes, it really it'll it'll do just what you need for whatever floor type you have. Now, how long has the Roomba been out? The Roomba has been on the market much longer. So we've been selling Roombas for about fifteen years. Oh wow! Yeah, they've been out for a long time, um, and we have a lot of uh, a lot of people who love the robot. Um, and a lot of animals, too, as you mentioned. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with that video of uh, the shark cat yep. riding on the robot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that's kind of done a lot of, lot for sales for you, I imagine. I think it, it brings a, it makes the robot a little bit more approachable. Because if you're not a techie person, um, you might be a little intimidated by a robot. And while we design them to be really easy to use, I think, you know, if a, if a cat is riding around, that, that certainly makes it uh, a little bit friendlier no matter what. <laughs> we watched it the whole time just to see if it really did what it, it was, was advertised go, to do. Go back and get a corner that it didn't get. And yeah, what would you think? I, I was really, really it impressed. Did. It did not miss a spot in our kitchen. And let me just say that our kitchen has, like most kitchen, it has a, uh, a table with it's chairs. Amazing. And it would go around the chair legs and around the food bowls. There's uh, one piece of carpet that's in the kitchen and it got onto the carpet. I was thinking, this is it. This is where it's going to get stuck and I'm going to have to help it or something like that. But within a couple of minutes, it figured its way out and it 
truly is an amazing technology and genius behind it that it can do that. It, it found its way out, found its way back, and covered each and every square inch of the kitchen and then stopped when it was done right in the place that it started. I, I don't even know how the phone works. I can't figure this out at all. <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of engineers here who put put a lot of time into the products to make sure that they really do do what customers are going to expect them to do. So I'm I'm glad to hear that that you enjoyed the robot and it did you know everything you were hoping. And I'm sure the guys that invented this, I'm sure they have uh, glasses and little pocket protectors. <laughs> yeah, and they have very very clean homes. It's it's really pretty nice working at iRobot because you get to take home all the products and try them out and. Yeah, I, I never vacuum. Well, you have given us one to give away today, and I'd like to do that right now. I'll let Melissa decide. What color should we take on this? It's up to you. Oh. Just pick a number, any number. Uh, let's go with number eight. Okay, Caller number eight. Caller number eight right now, one 405 You'll pick up on the brand new Brava Jet Mopping Robot from iRobot, and you can visit their website at iRobot.com. Melissa, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. (laughs) Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. Radio celebrating the connection with our pets toll free. 1 866 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. Right now, we're visiting from the Lucy Pet Foundation with Doc Halligan. How you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. I have a question, and it's actually a question that we get like several times a week, and it's all about vaccines. You know, we hear people, they, they want to know what vaccines they need to get, whether or not they uh, cause sarcomas down the line or, or problems mm-hmm. like that. They don't want to over-vaccinate. And you know what? I don't really have all the answers, so that's why I have you. Well, I have some of them. Okay. Well, you know, and it's a hot topic now with children. So now it's crossed over into our four-legged family members. But... The the bottom line is vaccines save animals' lives. Okay. Uh, They they also protect humans Mm -hmm. from disease. So what people have to understand in the state of California, that all dogs at the age of three months and older must be vaccinated against what? Do you guys know? I'm going to guess rabies. Correct. Okay, now you say in the state of California. Yeah, isn't that all states have laws? It it is all states. You're right. I should not have just said California because I'm in California. But yes, I believe all 50 states have that mandated. Okay, so I understand that. I definitely have, my animals have had their rabies vaccinations, and I I understand the importance of that one. Do they have to have it more than once? They do. Uh, The first time you vaccinate an animal, I mean, do you guys even know what happens when you vaccinate an animal or why we're doing it? Uh, No, I have no clue. 
I'm a DJ. Remember that? <laughs> you're a okay. just a radio host. But you're host. a pet owner. Yes, I am. But you're a kitty and you're a cat and dog owner. So, all right. So basically, what a vaccine is is it is you're giving the animal either a killed virus or a modified live virus. Uh, you're actually putting that in the animal's system. Well, that seems crazy. So, like they would get the virus then, or they I would know. get it. Well, that's why we modify the uh, virus so that it cannot survive in that pet. Okay. All right. Now, the rabies is dead. It's a killed virus. So that one's always a killed virus. But the other vaccines for kitties and dogs are sometimes killed viruses, but sometimes they're modified live because they make more of a response. And basically you're giving that to the animal. So it's, so it thinks its immune system thinks it's coming contact with the virus. So it's fooling the system. Yeah. It reacts. It tries to protect it. Oh my God. Correct. By making what? Uh, Antibiotics. What is Antibiotics? Antibodies. Antibodies. Very good, Judy. Very good. Yes, Judy. <laughs> so making, you make antibodies to that. So that when you come in contact with that bad virus in the wild, your body goes, guess what? I've already seen you and I can fight you off. Oh. So that's really what the purpose of a vaccine is. Like the Zika virus. Have you heard about that? That's causing women to have babies with big heads and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that's big okay. right now. That's, it's big right now, yeah. but so they're working on a vaccine against that so that you're, you know, you're not just a sitting duck and you have no way to fight it. And that's a sad thing is then when we're in like Los Angeles, East LA, these poor dogs are coming down with parvovirus. Uh. Now, do we have a vaccine against parvovirus? I bet we do. We do. Yes, because back in the seventies, it was creating havoc, kind of like the Zika viruses, but it was like killing dogs right and left. So they came up with the vaccine. So today it's a shame that there's dogs that are dying from parvo yeah. because they're not getting vaccinated against it. That's so because silly. I mean, it is. And people don't realize it's preventable. Yeah. So if you so, haven't had your parvo and your, your rabies, those are two that you gotta have. Well, you should have, there's several. So the rabies is mandated for dogs and even cats in some cities. Hmm. So you have to check with your animal control because there are some cities in California that mandate cats have to have rabies. Okay. Now the, the drawback with the, with kitties, unlike dogs, is that you mentioned it. Some cats that have been vaccinated against I think it's rabies is the big one, will develop a tumor from the injection site of where the rabies was given Hmm. because they are reacting to the adjuvant, which is the solute, you know, the mixture of what makes the vaccine stable, not the actual virus, but what's in there to stabilize it. Cats can get a tumor from that, a deadly life-threatening tumor. But now there are some vaccine manufacturers that have changed the adjuvant that they believe causes this sarcoma tumor reaction in kitties. So there's actually a feline rabies vaccine that is safer than just a typical rabies vaccine to prevent your kitty from getting that. We are also vaccinating. Know how we used to always put them in the shoulder blade, Uh in between the shoulder blades? Now we're doing right rear on rabies so that in the event your pet does get a tumor, you can actually amputate that limb if you had to because in the old days when they would get them these big tumors in between the shoulder blades you can't it's hard to remove that sure Mm -hmm. so we've come we've come a long way 
with vaccines, especially the rabies vaccine. So you should, if you are going to vaccinate your cat for rabies, you should ask for the rabies-specific vaccine to prevent your kitty from getting that. And that's really the only one that can be harmful. Um, the other ones that are not legally required, but if you want your pet to not die from a virus that they'll get in the wild would be the distemper parvo vaccine virus. Those are very common. We see that in the wild. So if your pet is not protected, it can get these deadly diseases, distemper and rabies and parvo that can kill them. So those vaccines are meant to prevent these infections. What if your pet never goes outside? Um, Well, I guess there's still a chance during, like, let's say an earthquake or something like that, that your pet would get, end up getting exposed to um, that type of situation. Oh. So There's also the rare ahead. occasion that, a, a, like, a rabid bat or something can fly in a window or get in the house and stuff. So there is a case of that happening. Come hmm. down a chimney. Hmm. I mean, it, it's true. And ra- rabies is most prevalent in bats. So your pets are just sitting ducks if they haven't been inoculated for that. Um, now, the rabies vaccine is unique in that the first time you give an animal the rabies, uh, it's only good legally for a year. Wow, I didn't and know that. And then after that, they're good for three years. Mm. Yes, because basically the antibody level after you do one injection is a certain amount. When you give a second vaccine, it mounts an even stronger vaccine antibody reaction, so you would have more antibodies giving that pet more than one vaccine against the rabies. So does that mean you have to give them every three years? Technically, yes. You're supposed to be vaccinating your pet every three years for rabies. Now, a big confusion for me is petters will come up to us at a shot clinic and they'll be like, well, my pet's had a rabies vaccine before. And I go, well, where's the proof? Oh, we don't have it. Well, I cannot then count that as a three-year rabies. I have to only count it as one. So the bottom line is when your pet gets vaccines, hold on to that documentation because then it tells us that we can do the vaccine as a three-year instead of a one-year. If you have no proof your pet's ever been vaccinated, we can only count it as a one-year vaccine. Mm. So, you know, then you're over-vaccinating when you don't need to. Now, the other thing we can do is we have the ability to do what's called a titer. And a titer is basically measuring the level of antibodies that your pet has in their system. So uh, we use these a lot. When you go to a country outside of the United States, like France or let's say England, uh, they require that your pet has the vaccine and then a titer to make sure that your pet does have levels of antibodies sufficient to protect them from the rabies. Mm. So that's something that, all veterinarians can do. It's a simple blood test. So can you um, take a titer and then determine that your your cat or dog does not actually need the vaccine? Correct. Yes, you can. Okay. Uh-huh. And now, after three other, years? Yes, absolutely. You can te- test it, and if it has a high level of uh, antibodies, then you would not need to do the rabies vaccine. And each animal is individual. There are some animals that are called non-responders. And unfortunately, they don't make antibodies like they're supposed to. And you don't know, looking at your pet, if they're one of them. The only way you'd know is by doing a titer. Now, some animals will get what they call natural immunity, that as they develop and their 
uh, one year, two year, three year, they develop antibodies naturally to those diseases. So that's another part of how they build their antibody level up. You can also get out of having the rabies if your pet has a medical condition and a doctor is willing to sign a paper. For example, my mother has an aged dog with diabetes. I'm not going to vaccinate that dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. It has a medical condition that precludes it from me, you know, wanting to vaccinate it. Sure. So you can also do that if you have a very sick pet. What's that, the longest uh, time you've ever seen a dog be able to go without rabies because it had a high titer? They can go a lifetime once they've had a couple of vaccines. Really? Some animals will have lifetime immunity. Absolutely. Wow. And that's why it's such a big discussion right now. Everyone's like, oh, you know, they're just out to make money. And no, that's not true. You know, the vaccines play an important role and they saved millions of animals' lives by having them. How is a titer administered? What is a titer? Well, no, a titer is a test. It is a blood test. Blood test. Okay. So you bring your pet in and you want to know what vaccines have worked on your pet, what your pet protected against. We can do titers of your pet's blood system and see what antibodies it has at what levels. And we can determine that. So we are doing that on a regular basis now because I do think people are starting to realize, you know, do do all pets need to be vaccinated every year? Absolutely not. It is tailored to the pet's lifestyle their age, and any other medical problems they have. So it's really important to work with your veterinarian to determine a vaccine protocol for each individual pet. Okay, so those are the two ones that we definitely need and the and the titer easily available at every vet, I assume? Every veterinarian can do a blood titer for you, can test your pet for a titer, absolutely. Okay, so thank you so much for clearing the air and answering these questions that have uh, kept me awake for a long time. <laughs> well, they have, because I get a lot of calls about this. Yeah, well, it's confusing. I mean, I went to school for 10 years, and we spent a lot of time on vaccines because it's confusing for people. Yeah, I went to school for about 15 years, didn't learn a thing, unfortunately. <laughs> this is what I'm doing now because of it. You have school of hard knocks, yeah, that's, right? that's Isn't it. Absolutely. School? You're great, Hal, and so are you, Judy. So Thank we love you. what you do to help educate people. It is Doc Halligan. She is from the Lucy Pet Foundation. And if you haven't checked out the Lucy Pet Foundation website yet, do it, lucypetfoundation.org. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Welcome to the show that really stinks, Odor Events, brought to you by Citrus Magic. Today, the Jones family will name all the odor events they can in 30 seconds. Ready? Go! Rotten garbage can. Yes, Molly. Ew, musty basement. Good, Jimmy. Poopy diaper. <laughs> yep, Haley. Smelly socks. Yes, Dave. Stinky litter box. Yes, Molly. Ugh, funky fridge fumes. Good, Jimmy. Putty odor P.U. Yes, Haley. Dad's feet. Wait, cat pee. You're out of time. But I'm sorry. See you again next week for... That's world. Odor Events, the show that really stinks. Get rid of the odor events in your home with Citrus Magic. The strength of its citrus makes odors disappear, leaving the fresh scent of natural citrus. Look for Citrus Magic in the air freshener aisle in Target, Kroger, Safeway, Publix, Walmart, and other fine stores everywhere. Hi, this is Iron Chef Cat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. 
Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. For hundreds of years, people in Asia have used eagles to hunt for them with deadly results. And now the large raptors are in high demand again for their keen eyesight, their very powerful talons, and their lethal hunting and survival instincts. Eagles, they are now being used to take down drones. That's right. Wow. The company, Guard From Above, describes itself as the world's very first company specializing in training those birds of prey to intercept hostile drones. <laughs> Their newest clients, in fact, are the police in Holland. They released a video recently that shows this. It was a great video. An eagle swooping in at high speed. It's got its, you know, its talons, its feet out front. And it plucks the drone right out of the air using wow. its talons. That is yeah, incredible. The drone is then uh, immediately disabled as the eagle carries it away. And the eagle's grip, if you, if you didn't know this, is pretty ferocious. It's believed to be about 10 times stronger than the grip of an adult human hand and can exert upwards of 400 PSI or pounds of pressure per square inch. That is truly amazing that they spend millions of dollars on this technology that can be taken down by a trained bird now. <laughs> I know. That is, I, I applaud them for that. That is wonderful. Did you hear about the little boy in Louisiana who went to great sneaky lengths to give some love to his neighbor's dog? Oh, it is the sweetest story. It's every day when he left for school, he would ride over to his neighbor's house, put his bike down in the driveway, and then go into the open garage to play with the dog that lived there. And he'd give hugs to the dog and sometimes play fetch with her. Well, funny that the dog's owner had a video camera in the garage. He was, you know, of course, hoping to find a thief or something if it ever happened. But she sees this little boy in there playing with her dog. She was not upset at all. She's a really cool lady. She posted the video on her Facebook page asking if anyone knew this little boy, saying she'd just like to let him know that he's welcome to stay and play because the dog loves all the attention. Well, the boy's mom saw that viral video and recognized it was her son, Josh. And she told the dog's owner that he talks about that dog all the time, that he loves her. And they didn't just know that he was sneaking into the garage to see her. They were wondering how he knew her so well, but it's understandable now that they know everything. Little Josh's own dog had died from old age recently. So now Josh is a welcome visitor for playdates with his favorite dog, Duchess. And they say he goes over there almost every day now to see her. That is a wonderful story. That's a heartwarming it story. Is. I love that. It, it really, I mean, to see him, the video of him hugging the dog and Aww. just like swooping in for a fast hug, like I couldn't go to school until I gave you a hug. <laughs> really cute. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate every single kind of animal there is. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team, Dr. Debbie and Dog Father Joey Volani. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Did I mention it was free? Yeah, it's free. You did. 
Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster's and Smith. Now I've told you I've I wanted to own uh and of course I, you never own an animal, you're a guardian of an animal, but I I've had a dog, I've had fish, I've had cats. I want a sloth, unfortunately that's that's probably not going to be reality for no, me. No, how? Uh, but I've also thought about one of those little mini pigs. What do they call those? Micro, micro little pig? micro mini pigs, yes. They they go to the size of a cat. I love them. I want one, Come but... Come on, you guys. You know there's no such thing as a micro pig. <laughs> there isn't? They they don't... No. I did not know that. No, that's a breeder thing. I bet you Steve Jenkins wished uh, he had heard <laughs> that particular piece of information. Steve Jenkins is the guardian to Esther the Wonder Pig. And where are we calling you, Steve? Uh, I'm actually in Campbellville, Ontario. Okay, America Sombrero. That's there. You go. <laughs> so you uh, you went out and you uh, you and your partner got one of these. No, that's not how. It... Oh, that's not how it happened. No, let you it... went out and got one of these <laughs> micro pigs. Is that what happened? In a nutshell, what happened is I I had gotten uh, a message from a friend that I hadn't heard from in a long time that was was asking me if I was interested in uh, in this micro pig um, and was, of course, immediately intrigued. And, and shortly later, she said, you know, somebody else wants it. You need to decide right away. Uh-oh. And I knew that my partner, Derek, um, was probably going to need some convincing, and I didn't have time to do that convincing. So I agreed to take this little mini pig um, without having consulted with Derek and, and arrived home later that day. Um, <laughs> and, and that's when Derek learned that we were, in fact, getting a mini pig. How did, how did he react to the uh, the news of a mini pig? Uh, it took a couple of weeks. Um, I can't say it was all detailing <laughs> from day one. <laughs> um, I've, I've got a bit of a problem. Um, with bringing animals home, and uh, it wasn't the first time I had arrived home with a new family member. So Derek wasn't all that enthused at first. So Esther, your pig, uh, your micro mini pig, how much does uh, Esther weigh right now, would you say? Esther currently weighs about 650 pounds. Whoa. Holy oh, that's, a, that's a micro. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, something uh, went wrong there, I think. Yeah, <laughs> something went slightly wrong. It, it turned out what we had on our hands was a full-size commercial pig. Um, and, you know, our vet realized immediately upon seeing her, like, about two weeks after we had got her and, and, you know, the waters had calmed again and we actually went to the vet, um, you know, he, he noticed immediately. He said, you're probably looking at about 200 pounds, but I didn't share that with Derek right away. I kind of dug in with that 250-pound <laughs> maximum thing and revised my story and went home with that. <laughs> yeah. What about this old friend that I want to, you know, that uh, that turned you on to the pig? He's still a friend? Yeah, we... We call her Amanda, um, and uh, we haven't heard from Amanda in a long, long time. I'm going to try to set the scene here. So you're in an apartment. I, I think you were in New York at that time. Is that correct? No, we were in Georgetown, which Georgetown. is just about 20 minutes from Campbellville in just a, a little house. We had about a 1,000-square-foot house in the suburbs. And uh, it was probably getting smaller by the minute. It definitely was. It definitely was. At the height of her growth spurt, she was growing at about a pound a day. Wow. Um, was she and, house and trained? Was, oh yeah, absolutely. She's incredibly, incredibly clever. Um, we did run into some problems house training because we started with a litter box, expecting her to be little, of course. Um, and once we realized that, you know, in order to have a litter box that was going to work for her, it needed to be, you know, a 12 by 12 foot box. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> so we, we decided at that point we had to teach her to go outside. And, and that, of course, posed a problem. You know, we had spent months teaching her how to use the litter box and she was doing very, very well. Um, we gave up because she'd go into her box. She'd stand there and pee, but it would come out the side because she was just too big. Sure. You know, I read in the book that she actually decided to move, which was probably a good good move to uh, yeah. to a bigger location and yeah. buy a farm uh, where you are now. That's right. And you raised an incredible amount of money on Indiegogo. You raised how much did you raise? 
Uh, it was, I believe, it was four hundred and forty-four or four hundred and forty-six thousand dollars. Wow, that is uh, yeah. truly amazing. Wow. In sixty days, I mean, it was it happened so quickly. Um, it, it was just mind-boggling. You know, we had almost nine thousand people from just under fifty countries. I think it was forty-eight countries that contributed to that campaign. Uh, um, now, I read the book Esther, the Wonder Pig, and I loved it. And oh, thank you. I thought one story was very funny. Can you tell us about the vegetable oil? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, when we were starting to get Esther, you know, kind of getting over the hurdles, you know, we thought Esther was, we had kind of dealt with the toilet training, we dealt with all this stuff, um, and she was getting good in the house, and I thought, well, I can I can leave her now. I was trying to show Derek that, you know, Esther was going to fit in and just be a perfect, you know, very well-mannered part of the family, and so he was away working at the time, and, and I thought, well, I'm going to clean up the house, and I'm going to head out, get some groceries, and make a nice dinner, so... I left Esther at home, went out to the grocery store, and came back about 40 minutes later to a, a mess unlike anything I had ever seen. And, and she had gotten into one of those big-handled, you know, uh, jugs of, of vegetable oil. Oh. I think it was a two-and-a-half-gallon jug of vegetable oil, and, and it was everywhere. She had chewed into the container, and then, of course, it spilled all over the kitchen floor. And I'm assuming she rubbed in it or rolled in it. <laughs> Um, and then had to rub it off of herself. So all of the walls and the furniture in the entire kitchen and one end of the house to the other, she was exhausted at the end of it, bless her heart. So she took herself to bed in our bedroom and climbed up on the bed and had a great nap. And, you know, I came home expecting a house nice and clean the way I left it and just able to make dinner for Derek, who was home shortly after that and came home to absolute chaos. So it, it was... It was a nightmare as I tried to, A, get her off the bed so I could strip it and clean it and, you know, try to get the house back into shape before Derek got home. <laughs> uh, what does Esther eat and drink? Yeah, absolutely. She eats uh, about 10 cups of food a day. So she eats a whole bunch of fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, and we also have a kibble, a, a pig kibble made for her that's um, low in fat and high in fiber. So she gets all of the nutrients and vitamins and minerals and stuff that she needs. Now, my dog sleeps in my bed, much to my wife's chagrin. Does uh, <laughs> Esther sleep in bed? Well, actually, we, yeah, she does. She's got a king-sized bed. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. That really she, amused she, you. Oh, well, it's a funny story. Well, everything about Esther, I mean, she's just hilarious. I, I have so many so, questions. Uh, hold on. We, we have to take a quick break. We're going to do something we rarely do. We rarely uh, have interviews over two segments here. But we're going to take a quick break real fast, and we'll be back with you in just one second, okay? Not a problem. It's absolutely. Animal Radio. We're going to be back with Esther the Wonder Pig. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.biogenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. 
Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. So this gives new meaning. Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pigs. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We're with Steve Jenkins, who happens to be the guardian of Esther the Wonder Pig, a six hundred pound pig. Six hundred fifty pounds. Six hundred fifty. Is Esther the six hundred fifty pound pig pet pig still uh, gaining weight? No, she's not. Um, pigs. I mean, she could. Pigs gain weight very, very quickly. Um, especially a commercial pig like Esther. That's what they've been bred for, for generations and generations. So we have to watch her weight very, very carefully. Um, and she's actually on a little bit of a diet now. We want to keep her on the light side of healthy, um, just to make sure her joints are in good shape and she doesn't have hip or knee problems or arthritis or any of that sort of stuff. So we hope she'll get a little bit smaller, actually. We'd like to keep her at about 600 to 625. Wow. What is her lifespan? Uh, about 16 years, actually, but pretty typical to a dog. Did you have to pig-proof the house at all? Oh, my God, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, again, it comes back to their intelligence. Um, not only are they so big, which means they're incredibly strong, um, but pigs are so, so smart that Esther knows how to, you know, use doorknobs to open the door. She'll just bite it and, and turn and open the door, or she'll use her snout to open a sliding door. So she lets herself in and out to go pee. What about the um, refrigerator? Yeah, the I would bet. The has been a real fun one. Oh. Um, we, we've had some real trial and error issues with the fridge. Our freezer is currently empty because she knows that that was a <laughs> prime source of food. Um, so we have since moved all of the food out of the actual refrigerator freezer and put it into a chest freezer that's in our laundry room where she doesn't go. Um, and and she it was a freezer drawer, and we had it secured closed, but she kept sticking her snout in there to get the door open, and she was actually able to break one side of it off the hinge. So the whole door has come off the freezer right now. We've got to get a new one. <laughs> get it fixed. So now you're dealing with the sanctuary. You have a sanctuary. What did you do before yes. all of this? I was a real estate agent, and Derek was a professional magician. Um, and, and since all of this has started, um, you know, for about the first year, we carried on doing what we were doing. We launched this Facebook page in December of 2013. Uh, we moved to the farm by November of 2014 um, and are at the farm now. And once we made it to the farm, we both kind of had to pack in our, our other jobs. So Derek now works full-time at the sanctuary, um, and my job now has become full-time working with and for Esther the Wonder Pig. I, I manage her social media accounts and um, you know deal with everything else that has, has come along with that page and what's happening over there. It's, it's become absolutely phenomenal. It's been the most unbelievable experience. Well, um, you've got a book that you've written it all down in a book. You've, That's uh, right. Yeah, it's yeah. called Esther the Wonder Pig, and it's just out, and you can get it at your bookstore or at Amazon.com. And, in fact, I have five copies to give away right now at one 405 8405. Is that number right? one 405 8405 I encourage you to visit the website EstherTheWonderPig.com. EstherTheWonderPig.com or your sanctuary's website, HappilyEverEster.ca. And we'll put uh, links to everything you've heard today over at AnimalRadio.pet. You said that you have special kibble made for Esther. How do you do that? We found um, a mill up here near us that was able to make a recipe we got from uh, friends of ours, actually, at Farm Sanctuary down in the United States. 
Um, they are the masters of, of pigs in particular. Um, Susie Costin, who runs that uh, farm in New York, um, she knows everything worth knowing, it seems, as far as pigs and older pigs and their care. Um, and she actually directed us to this recipe um, that they use to maintain the weight and health of their pigs. You know who else is doing what you're doing is uh, John Stewart and his wife. That's right. Mm-hmm. They, in fact, uh, John really gets along with the pig pretty he well, loves I understand. Pigs. Yes, he loves his yeah, pigs. Yeah, that's it. Well, like I said, once people really, they don't think of pigs, I think, in, in a very, what's the word here to explain? Um, Cuddly. You have to get to know a pig. Yes. You know what I mean? You really do. They're, they're very underrated animals. Um, you know, and getting to know a pig, it really is getting to know, or like getting to know a little four-legged person, which I know may sound crazy to some people. Um, Not to us. Nope. Yeah, Yeah. there there really is something unbelievable about them. You know, their eyes are the most human things that you'll ever see. Um, You know, and there's, there's... something in there you know you talk to her and you know she comes when she call when we call her she'll sit if you tell her to um it, it's really it's really been an eye-opening experience for us to get to know her it, it really is i always thought their snout looked like upside down hearts yes exactly it's true <laughs> exactly and you know pigs smile too when they're when they're singer when they're relaxed and content they've got the most incredible smile on their faces um what yeah, does she really do for playtime playtime is hilarious with esther um, she, again, because she spent her, her early day, well, and to this day, with dogs um, and with us in the family, she learned to play the way that we play with the dogs. So when the dogs get revved up and they start to wrestle, as you know dogs do, Esther does the same. Um, and she'll jump around a little bit. We call it rodeo pig because she'll jump and she'll <laughs> spin in a circle all in one place and kick her back legs out. Um, and she just wants to wrestle. So we jump in. We'll, we'll make sure that she doesn't wrestle with the dogs for obvious concerns. Um, and we'll jump in and we'll wrestle with her. She's so strong, but she knows, she knows the boundaries. You know, I remember one day she was wrestling with my stepdad, um, who's in his seventies and Esther, you'll never outrun a pig is another thing worth knowing. If you're ever getting chased like by a pig, you need to run in a zigzag because you will never outrun them in a straight line. And my stepdad didn't know that. So he, he was trying to outrun Esther. Didn't happen. She hit him in the leg by mistake and knocked him right down, but she stopped immediately, um, turned around, walked up to him, nudged him in the elbow. It was the most amazing thing to see. My heart was in my throat when I saw him hit the ground. I thought, oh my God, if she steps on him or if, you know, it could have gone wrong in so many ways. And, And she immediately avoided him, stopped, turned around, almost like she came back to check on him and say, come on, get up, get up. You know, it was the most... It was the most incredible thing. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Go give Esther a big old hug from all of us. Will you do that? Yeah, give her a kiss for me. I sure will. Thank you so much. It really was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Hats off to Judy. What an incredible show today. Just jam-packed full. We had actually bump a few guests. So be sure to be back next week for us right here. And uh, get your fix during the middle of the week at animalradio.pet. And you can also download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and listen anytime you want. Have yourself a great week. Bye. Bye-bye. So long. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.